All right. Hold on. Let's do it. La, 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 la. All right. <laughs> use that for the use that for the pre-audio audio. Yeah. Man, Clay Thompson is back. The Grizz are going streaking, and Julius Randle gives the thumbs down. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Ties are for losers, except for the Chargers. <laughs> John, how you living, my friend? Hola, buenas noches. <laughs> Hola, Sammy, how you living? I can't complain, and I have no better intro to top the other two. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Well, we're going to start it off with our quick hit news, and here we go. Kyle Kuzma, seventh straight game with 20-plus points. Because of course he did. Of course he's doing that. He was a former Laker, and all the former Lakers love to play well when they leave L.A. Absolutely. The Wizards won 102-100 over Orlando. He had 27 points and 22 rebounds, shooting 53%. Wow. Wow was right. Good job, Kuz. I wish you would have done that here in L.A. Going to talk about Anthony Simons here for a bit. Over the last four games without Dame, he's averaged 29 points, 6.5 assists, and he's shooting over 50% from deep. The team is 2-2 two and two without McCollum, Larry Nance, and Dame since the new year. And Simons has really stepped up. He scored 43 against the Hawks the day after his grandfather actually passed away, dedicated the game to him. So big ups to him. and great way to step up i wonder if it changes portland's plans at all with whatever it is they're planning on doing to shake up that roster shout out to luca who recorded his 39th triple double and when he did record that triple double he is now the youngest under under 23 to hold that record that company includes oscar robertson and magic johnson so yeah Record triple doubles. I know in this day and age, triple doubles have lost their value, but it's really hard. And this even came from LeBron James. The assist when you count on other people to get that number for you is really difficult. So shout out to the dude, Luca. And the Indiana Pacers will sign Lance Stevenson for the rest of the season. Make him dance. Lance against Utah he had 16 points 14 assists 6 rebounds and 4 steals versus Brooklyn he had 30 points 5 assists make him dance Lance has a place now in the NBA I'm gonna talk about our next topic here it's very exciting for us Clay Thompson is back the Warriors defeated the Cavs 96 to 82 he made his return guys it was Clay Day yesterday which was january 9th they should just make that an official holiday for all of bay area all of clay area the last time we saw him on the court he was in the nba finals he had torn his acl he marched back onto the floor he shot a couple free throws what did you guys think of clay thompson's triumphant return to the court it was definitely a memorable return and when i do think about nba returns you can't be Magic Johnson being voted back to play at the 92 All-Star Game. You can't beat Michael Jordan coming back from baseball wearing 45 against the Pacers. Clay comes in third after being gone for 941 days. If you love basketball, you just want people to play healthy and to be competitive and just showcase your talent. And we've seen amazing 
things from Clay, hence Game 6 Clay, the nickname. And he did probably some not so advised actions on his part. For example, his first few points, it was a layup, double clutch layup, driving in <laughs> when it was supposed to be a catch and shoot night. Later on during that game, he went in on a dunk and he oh, got the dunk. Very nasty. And he even stated in the post-game uh, conference that within the whole two months of scrimmaging, he did not dunk at all. And when you have that adrenaline pumping, I didn't know everything that. goes out the window, right? So big props to Clay. Very happy to see him back. And it just makes basketball that much better to watch. And I'll also just add, and obviously those of our listeners who have listened before know that I'm the Clipper homer of this group, but just the, the moment that I particularly remembered was when the camera caught him, when they were doing the introduction, and you could see he was just kind of staring out almost in the space. And to me, it just looked like him just taking the moment in of everything he's been through that not, we can all, we, we, we can hear the stories, but... To be in his shoes and suffer two of the worst injuries an athlete can suffer on each leg, no less. And just to hear the response of the crowd, that that to me just sounded like from Warriors fans, like, we miss you. And just like the biggest welcome back you could possibly give. Much respect to him. And to me, just listening to that, it just reminds me why the Warriors have one of the best fan bases in sports as far as I'm concerned. They really appreciate their players and you could see the love from both sides there. Even the players and the camaraderie among them, Draymond just wanting to suit up to be on the court and then immediately drawing a foul, which uh, for those of us who own him in fantasy basketball like myself, that was not a great performance from Draymond, thanks. But... Uh, <laughs> But it was just it was just a cool night all the way around, whether you're a fan of the team or not. Like you guys said, basketball is better and sports are better when the best players are playing. So just welcome back to Clay, man. It's great to see him healthy and hopefully he picks right back up where he left off. It was a great start, considering it's been a thousand days nearly since he's played last. I thought it was really cool what the Warriors did, actually, in terms of the introductions. And correct me if I'm wrong, Ro and, J- and JJ, but... Clay isn't usually the last person to be introduced, right? It's usually Steph. No. Yes. Right. So I, I knew I thought that was a little nice touch because he's obviously coming back. They wanted him to get the spotlight and for the crowd to react, and, and they did, deservingly so. And all of the all his teammates wearing Clay jerseys coming in pregame and just giving him a shout out. It, it was all about Clay, and it should have been right. It, it kind of overtook the game itself. And I think that that symbolizes the impact that he has, not only on the Warriors, but the NBA. His, just his fire for the game, but also how electric of a shooter he is. And we talk about Steph being the best shooter of all time, which he is, but Clay is not far behind. He is a phenomenal shooter and he's lights out, man. And I also thought it was, it was kind of fitting too that they played the Cavs of all teams. I know it's coincidental, but if anybody associates the Warriors and the Cavs, we, we talk about one of the greatest rivalries rivalries in the past 10 years. So I thought it was such a dope game to watch afar from as a Laker fan or just not a Warrior fan and to appreciate what Clay has brought to the game for all these years, but what he continues to, what he will continue to bring. And hopefully, you know, crossing fingers, knock on wood, 
say a prayer, whatever you got to do. But hopefully he stays healthy moving forward until he retires. Yeah, the, the really surprising thing, I think, everyone knew, everyone knows that Clay Thompson could shoot, right? I mean, like he shot two free throws, like I said, and knocked him in with a torn ACL. We all knew that he could shoot a three-pointer. It was going to go down eventually. What we didn't expect was how aggressive Clay Thompson looked. We were all kind of holding our breath, I think collectively, just as basketball fans, when he went up for his first shot because he was driving so aggressively to the lane. And even like JJ was saying with that dunk, I think everyone kind of held their breath and kind of watched his landing because we were worried about how he was going to land. The only other person, or the only person in this world who wasn't worried about any of that seemed to be Clay Thompson. And it's crazy to say that Clay might be 100% back. We're all cheering for him. He's a very likable person. I mean, how do you not like someone who loves being on a boat, who loves hopping on like Twitter or Instagram Live, who loves his dog? who just loves life. He's just a very likable, larger-than-life kind of character, and we're all here for it. Here's some quotes from Clay Thompson. He said, I will never forget the reception the Warriors fans gave me, especially myself. Gosh, it was fun, and it was worth every single day of being away and in that squat rack or on that shuffleboard and all the conditioning days. It was worth every single moment. He said this quote, and right after he said that quote, he actually looked down at the box score and he was upset with himself and you guys know why because he saw a negative two on the plus minus it's just kind of funny it's such a clay thompson thing <laughs> he returns he gets a win but the thing that he's upset about is his own plus minus so how scary do the warriors look now with clay seeming 100 percent? what do you guys think well the first thing that I think of is how Steph looks tired and he's been in a quote-unquote slump the past two weeks. Just having Clay draw attention to himself from defenders is going to make a drastic difference. And they you have to remember, they didn't even play with their heart and soul of the team in Draymond Green last night. So just having Clay on the floor and having at least one more score with Steph at the same time, it makes the Warriors very reminiscent of their of their, 50, their 2015 squad, yeah. which they they went on a really deep run. They went to the championship. They won the championship. Yeah, I agree. And you know, Steph Curry was actually on a shooting slump. And it wasn't until this game, he kind of shot himself out of the shooting slump. I don't know what the stats are exactly, but I want to say, I think it was said on Twitter or something like that. I can't quote. But the last he 10 first, games... He made his first, he made his first uh, five three-pointers, I believe. Yeah, he did. Nice. His first five right. three-pointers. And coming into the game, I think if you look the past 10 games, he was only shooting like 28, 29% from deep. So people were wondering, like, what is wrong with Steph Curry right now? Why can't he shoot? And you saw, like JJ said, the attention shift away from Steph Curry, and he was getting some great looks, open looks. Mario's got it's, his Luigi back. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But I'm going to move us on from our next topic, unless you guys have anything else to add. I just nope. I think the Warriors are going to be unlocked, even on another level now. You just added back, call him the second best shooter in the league right now. And it happens yep. that, the, that the best shooter is his backcourt mate. So... <laughs> I don't know if they're going to make any trades or if they need to, but 
I'm thinking this team is going to completely take off after the All-Star break. As, I mean, I'm saying that and they're already 30-9, and nine, so it's like how much better can they get, but you're reintegrating a guy after two years and it'll be quicker than most because he's already been there, but I just, I think it's going to be a scary proposition for everybody else. Yeah, I agree. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit or $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm going to move us on to our next topic here. The Memphis Grizzlies set a franchise record with their ninth straight win, getting 16 points and a breathtaking block from John Morant in a 127-119 victory over the Los Angeles Lakers on Sunday night. What do you guys think of these Memphis Grizzlies? I hate them. I hate them so much. <laughs> John, the resident Laker fan here. No. Well, I do kind of hate them, but... I have so much respect. <laughs> I have a, I have a lot of respect for them because they. I, I don't know how to put this. I'm trying to put this lightly and PG, but they whooped our behinds, game after game after game, and they are a, a pleasant surprise, I think, because nobody really expected them to be this good. That they would take that next leap. And John Morant is pretty much the big reason as to why he's elevated his game beyond the dunks and the flashiness. He's playing with a purpose. He's efficient. His three-point shot has improved dramatically. He drives with a purpose. He gets fouled. He's making his free throws. So he is an MVP candidate and the dark horse to win it. If the Grizzlies continue the pace that they're at, I think he has a solid chance to win MVP. Just because of the surprise factor, the shock factor, nobody was really expecting them to be here. And that has, from a perspective, for the perception of that is, I think it weighs heavily on an MVP, especially since he has never been MVP or even been considered to be that, to get that title. So, man, the Grizzlies are, they're scary. And I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs because they're hungry, they're young, they have they have a fire. They're, they're well coached. So they could pull off some upsets in the playoffs come playoff time. And I wouldn't want to play them, but they beat our they beat our behinds. And what more can I say? I hate that I love them. I love watching this team. <laughs> I can't help but root for them. Me too. Um, with Jaw being a dark horse MVP, just want to remind everyone that at the beginning of the year, uh, a group of people was saying that he would be a dark horse MVP candidate right here on the clinic. Just, just gonna throw that out there. Yep. Uh, Jaw's been amazing, like John said, and like we've all talked about. I think we all have 
a fan crush on Jaw at this point, just watching him play the game, because it's not just how good he is, you can see he loves playing. That's just awesome. It's, it's awesome to see someone love to do what they're doing. But then you look at some other pieces on this team. I remember at the beginning of the year, Ro, you were talking about Desmond Bain as a breakout guy, potentially. And 17 a game for him this year, doing playing really well defensively as well. Jaron Jackson was supposed to be, we thought, the number two piece. Right now he's playing more like the four, and that's not necessarily saying he's playing poorly because he's been playing a lot better lately. It's just that Dylan Brooks has been great since he came back, although he just got hurt again, so hopefully he'll be back in about three weeks, four weeks is the hope. Uh, Melton was playing well behind them. Brandon Clark is playing solid ball. Tyus Jones filled in well when when Morant was out. Like there, There's a lot of depth to this team, and the biggest thing you got to give credit is something in their player development. It clearly works because their biggest jumps were all players that were already on the team. And that's not something that happens in every organization. I mean, we talked about last episode. Think of Philly a few years ago when they were trusting the process. They pretty much had to ship guys out left and right because they weren't developing. This team clearly is doing something that works. They've jumped all the way up now. They're only a half game back of Utah for the three seed. There's a tier that's Phoenix and Golden State alone. And now, personally, I think there's a second tier that's the Jazz and the Grizzlies alone. And then everyone else is behind them. So I think this team is here to stay. I do not think this is a fluke. And they will be a top four seed, in my opinion, by the time we get to the playoffs. It may be as high as three. I don't think they can get to the Phoenix-Golden State level yet. I don't think they're there. But I think they're clearly right behind them and continuing to rise. And they have trade chips if they really want to go all in. Yeah, I think it's really cool that a small market team like Memphis that everyone doubted in the beginning of the year is high up in the standings and now they're gaining respect. They're currently on a nine game winning streak and they went on the road to beat the Suns. They beat the Nets at BK, beat the Cavs at Cleveland, Then they traveled to LA and beat the Clippers and Lakers, who, you know, of course, our fellow people here are huge fans of, you know? (laughs) So it just shows that if you could beat these teams on the road and they're the best of the best of the competition, they are a scary bunch of players. And props to John Morant getting the player of the week. And potentially, as you two eloquently stated, an MVP candidate sooner or later. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I One thing that I really want to mention is that for the start of the season, they were like something like 27, 28 in defensive, in defensive rating. So they were an awful defensive team. I don't know what happened exactly. I'm sure Dylan Brooks coming back into the lineup helps. But they're now in the middle of the pack. They're somewhere between like 10, 10 and 13. But in the last 10 games, last 10 games, they are fifth. Fifth in defensive rating. So they're really turning something on. And like we were saying earlier, they got some scary offensive players where you don't want to run into these guys in the playoffs at all. It's going to be absolutely interesting to see what they do this year. I'm going to move us on to our next topic. Julius Randle gives the thumbs down at Madison Square Garden. I'm sure you guys watched this. He was Julius Randle was getting boos at the start of the game. And after making a layup, the fans started to cheer for him. 
they were clapping for him. And then as he was running down the court, he gave, he gave a thumbs down. And later on, we learned that he was basically telling the crowd to be quiet because he didn't want to hear the cheers. What do you guys think about this response by Julius Randle? <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. I'll, I'll follow up. But go ahead, Sammy. All right. Well, first I was going to say you, you gave a very PG version of what he said to the fans via his own quote, which if anyone it's wants true. to go on uh, any sports outlet and read it, I'll just say it starts with shut and the last word is up and there's two words in the middle. I'll let everyone figure out <laughs> what those two words are. In the blink. Yeah. Um, you know with Randall, he's always been a passionate guy, and sometimes it doesn't come out in the best way. But in, in the scheme of things, this is still mild. It's not like he did something that caused a technical foul or whatever. He was just upset at the fans. The fans turned on that team really quick. I know they were down big at the beginning of that game, but it was it, to me it was just a way of saying don't jump back on the bandwagon now because we came back to win in the middle of this game. You know, so... I actually think he's a good fit in the city and the team, partially because he's that passionate, and I think Nick fans like their players to be that involved and want to be there and care that much. So I'll just I'll leave it at that and let John follow up as he intended to with about Julius' sensitivities. Well, clearly, clearly this is all the Lakers' fault. He was groomed <laughs> to be a bad to to react badly. Now, in all seriousness. I think, I don't know, it's, it's, for me, it's, I get both sides. I think that fans are, they're so quick. They, they're, they can be very fickle, and they're, very, they're so quick to react. And I understand that they're paying customers. They're the reason why these players have salaries, why the NBA is in business. They're fans. They want to see a good product, but they also want to see their team win. So, in a sense, if a team, your team... These, these rich NBA players who have, a, who have a privilege of playing a game don't put out the effort that we expect as fans. I can understand why they boo. And, but, and I didn't see the game, so it was, it's hard for me to, to accurately assess whether or not the Knicks were not putting up an effort or they were putting up an effort and they were just getting beat. But regardless, I understand why the fans were booing. For Rand, on, from Randall's perspective, I think he was also he's also quick to react ironically as fans do a lot of the time so i think he just made a mistake he's young he's still young as, as a lot of people still forget and he just reacted emotionally but he, he came back and he said you know what i shouldn't have done that sometimes you say things bad things or mean things to people that you love and i can re- i can relate to that and he's not perfect he's human we all do we all say things and do things that we regret and i don't think it's that big of a deal to be honest Randall has had a down season compared to last year. And if you play at the Mecca, Madison Square Garden, like Sammy and John said, the fans will turn on you. Yeah. Of course, right? I don't mind the thumbs down. You can't tell your fans to shut the F up. Because, believe it or not, the reason why your jersey last year was selling at its peak versus the other years you played was because you played for the number one franchise in the world, the Knicks. Yeah. 
When you look at the Forbes list, the Knicks are always top three, dude. It comes with the territory. You get all the accolades playing for the Knicks, but when you mess up, guess what? You're gonna get food too. You gotta be a professional when it comes when it comes to it. And that's just my take. Yeah, I just I just can't believe that he would try to do that to Knicks fans and expect them to just turn around and be like, I forgive you. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You're right. You're right, Randall. <laughs> Our bad. Our bad. There is no way that New York Knicks fans in New York, in the Mecca, are going to just automatically forgive him and forget him. You know what? The next time that he has a horrible start to a game, they probably are going to boo louder. That's my take. Yeah, I don't no, know. I, I think he did this to the wrong fan base. If it was if this was like, you know, I'm not going to name anyone, actually. I'm going to steer away from this. I'm not going to name winning, any fan bases here. But to do that... Winning cures all. <laughs> exactly. Winning does cure all. But to do this to New York, man, I this has to be uh, an L. Uh-oh. What, what do I call it? Dub or dud. This has to be a dud, in my, my opinion. Uh, we'll see how, how Julius Randle responds. Um the next coming games and how the fans respond to him for our next topic Yusuf Nurkic man he threw a punch at Tyler Hero in a wild sort of Blazers heat scuffle I'm gonna paint the picture for you Yusuf Nurkic gave Tyler Hero the business on a screen just knocked him right on his tail Tyler Hero ran directly towards Yusuf Nurkic as he was trying to grab the rebound and pushed him directly in the back. Fines were given out, I think 25K to each player. What did you guys think of this scuffle? Or maybe I should ask this. Who was in the right here? Was it the punch from Nurkic or was it the push by, by Tyler Hero? They were both wrong. That's what it comes down to. You can't Fair. push someone from the back, that's, that's weak. And in the NBA, you can't punch. And just as a heads up hero, I know you wanna show that you're tough as you should, but dude, if Nurk wanted to connect, you would be laid the, you would be laid out. <laughs> I think Nurkage is like 300 pounds too, or something yeah, like that. Like, Which brings up an interesting question. A... Why yeah. does Miami like messing with rather large skilled european centers let's just good point let's just settle down our morris brother that was there still has not come back yet like we talked about yeah true stop messing with these dudes it's not gonna end well <laughs> that's literally all i've got on this topic <laughs> yeah i i share the sentiment what is hero thinking it just looks ridiculous, right? Somebody of his size trying to go at Nurkic. And the only reason he did that is because he knew that Nurkic wasn't going to come at. Nobody in the NBA is going to... Well, Nurkic did throw a punch, but I don't think guys are going to scrap and fight in the NBA because the penalty, they, they know that the penalty is going to be too harsh and it's going to affect their wallets big time. Right. Yeah, I agree. Tyler Hero... Just take the L, man. You got you got knocked on your behind. It was a great screen. It was it wasn't even dirty. 
just take the L. You don't need to push anyone in the back. I don't think Yusuf Nurkic is necessarily in the wrong for reacting that way just because you don't push someone in the back. You just don't. don't. And like what comes after that, that, that was a business decision, Tyler Hero. So whatever you get coming to you is, is probably what you deserve. And that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, listeners. We appreciate you. John, thank you. Thank you. Have a good night, except for you, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> and Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, as always. I appreciate it. And, of course, shout-out to our video producer, RJ. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All-NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter, at Clinic All-NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.